0: Bare naked, bare naked, bare naked. Bare naked, bare naked, ABCs. Welcome to the Bear Naked ABCs, where we are discussing the Canadian dream team, Bare Naked Ladies, while we are living the American dream of having our own podcast to discuss the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> And speaking of the American Dream, I am happy to have with us tonight Michelle. Hello. <laughs> are you living the American dream, Michelle?
1: That's such a loaded question these days, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't I don't uh, even know if I dare to even open that can of
0: worms. <laughs> are you wrestling with that question? <laughs>
1: <sighs> That's a good way to put it, yes. I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling with it.
0: Our friend of the podcast, Blake Riley, who will be joining us in a few weeks, would know that the wrestler known as the American Dream also was called Virgil Runnels Jr., but he went by another name, Dusty Rhodes. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of Dusty, tonight we are going to be discussing Dusty Rooms, the song from 2017's album Fake Nudes, written by Kevin Hearn.
1: Yes.
2: There's a loud and leaking fan in the dirty dusty room. And all of the rock and roll bands
0: in the dirty dusty rooms. Um and there is a official YouTube of this. Um but there is another version of this out there uh which was released I believe only online. I don't have it on my disc of Patrick Hearn doing the spoken word of this. Which is
1: brilliant. Oh, it is amazing. Gee, it gives the song a whole other level. I feel like the spoken word version of the song is actually the true version. Like it feels like this is what the song is about (laughs) right here. It's such a different. It's so funny how the same thing can be so completely different, but it's it's amazing. It's so Yeah, good. it's so
0: completely it's two very different takes on the yes. same piece of poetry that's been done.
1: Oh. I I think more Bare Naked Late. Maybe that's what we can do once we get through all the podcast, all the songs of the Bare Naked Ladies if we're all still alive. Um <laughs> Maybe we could go through and do a spoken word version of each song.
0: We'll be here forever. (laughs)
1: Yes. It'll ensure our immortality if we have a project that long. But it's so... If anybody has not listened to the spoken word version of the song, I insist that you must because it is a work of genius.
0: Yes. (sighs) And so... For those of you who don't know it, I will put it on on our uh, liner notes for this week. But it is done by Patrick Hearn, which is Kevin Hearn's father. Yes. Um, And I'll also attach this for all of the songs in the future that we cover. I did not cover it for the ones that we've already gone over on this album because I didn't realize this existed until uh, we got to this song. Uh, But it is there for all other songs on this album as well. And each of them are actually really significantly different than the song.
1: Oh, man, I'm going to have to listen. I didn't realize there was one for every song on this album. I'm going to dive in headfirst for sure.
0: (laughs) But why don't we continue on a little bit and talk about the song itself? We don't have Aaron this week, so we're going to have to do our own breakdown. We don't know the notes and the keys and all that. Wonderful stuff, but let's let's talk a little bit about the music of this song.
1: Yes, I would love to. My note on the music, I loved this. I loved the song. I thought it was great. Um, but my note, my first note that I wrote down was Kevin plus banjo equals rainbow connection. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I I love this song, but when he's got that, and I know that the banjo comes in later, and I think at the beginning it's an acoustic picked guitar. Um, Right. But it's, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's definitely like I'm evoking the image of Kermit in the bog singing Rainbow Connection. Um, But it's really good. And every time I listened to this song, I liked it more and more. Like, I liked it right away anyway, but I kept liking it even more each time I listened to it. And then I heard the spoken word version, and I was like, it's all over. I am loving this.
0: So, <laughs> all in for that version.
1: <laughs> all in. All in.
0: No, I I agree with you. I The first time I heard it, I was like, okay, this is okay. And then I listened to the song, as I tend to do, 10, 12 times, just to yep. try to see, like, what little pieces of background, what little pieces of music am I not catching here? Because uh, I really want to break down the song to its entirety. But each time I listened to it, I liked it more. Like, my score was going up.
1: Yes. Each time. Me too. I kept writing a higher and higher number, for sure. <laughs> I also. Now I'm sure
0: at some point it will it will peter out and and not do that, but I really do enjoy the song.
1: Yeah, me too. And I loved the piano break in the middle. You know, instead of a bridge, it seemed like the piano break was there, and it was just this yes. beautiful uh, melody, and it just kind of carried the song. And then right after the piano um, break when the vocals came in, they were just layered so tightly and beautifully and velvety. And I just said, this song just keeps getting better and better. Um, And the other thing that I also loved was after they mentioned the butterflies and the lyrics, I don't remember the exact lyric, but you can hear in the background, the, um, the keyboard, you know, the electronic keyboard in flute mode is sounding like a butterfly fluttering by yes. and i just thought that is th- such a kevin detail
2: Fly, a house full of butterflies not a dirty
1: dusty room yeah, exactly <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's so good it's just it's very well done you can tell that this was thought out and put together precisely and it was just gorgeous
0: The song starts out with this beautiful acoustic guitar. Yes. And Ed is just playing it soft and gentle. And then it's interesting. So you go through the first, it's not a verse, but you go through the first stanza of it, I guess you would say, Mm -hmm. um, not knowing the proper terms. And it comes <laughs> back again to repeat it, but this time it adds in the high keys on the yes. piano. And then the next time around, it adds in the low keys on the piano. And then they add in the drums with all of it. So it's like each time that they come through with it, as they're going along with the song, they're adding another bit of musicality.
1: Yes. You can really hear that too. And by the mm-hmm. time they get to the piano break, and then they're adding in the vocals in that beautifully... It's almost like the vocals are kind of showing what just happened in the song. You know, like everything is sort of, here's this bottom layer, and then it just keeps getting layered and layered. But the layers are really close together, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It does, like they're, yeah. They're really... It's tight. It's so tight. It's so good. It's just, it's really lovely.
0: Now, the only thing I couldn't pick up, maybe you could pick it up, or maybe it wasn't there. I couldn't hear the bass at all in the song.
1: You know, I don't know. Usually the and maybe it was, usually the maybe it was blended in with the
0: the drums and the de- the low keys on the piano. Maybe but I really couldn't pick it out. Like it, it yeah. It,
1: the the bass is usually something I listen for just because I was a Barry Sax player, so that's the part that I always hear. Um, but I was kind of enraptured by the acoustic guitar, the banjo. The vocals, the piano, the butterfly, you know what I mean? I guess I was listening yeah. to the, the accent pieces and not really the underlying stuff. So um, I didn't, I can't say that I noticed the bass, but maybe it was doing something else. You know what I mean? I don't it know. It could have
0: been. It could have been. Or it might so the only thing I could definitely catch of Jim in there was so there's that one phrase in there where where they were where he mentions jim they mention him. hello jim how you been or or something along those lines and jim goes yeah in the background <laughs> you have this little quick yes. yeah in the background and then like hey there jim. two lines later they you hear him again say in the background yep Down at the gym <laughs> <laughs> and it's just those nice little accent pieces that they throw in there that yes. bring the song alive.
1: Exactly. It's all about the, like the butterfly. You know, it's all about the little accent pieces that just make this song. It's almost like a walk through a new spring day or something you're know, like, oh, the flowers are but you know what I mean? You just it's got this very certain feel to it. And then you've got the spoken word that is the polar opposite. Oh, it is. But I feel so, like the, the the spoken word actually speaks the truth of the song, which is so strange. I'm like, oh, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's
0: a very different spoken... Like, it's a very different take on that same line. It's like listening to Shakespeare, but two different actors doing... Mm-hmm. That The lines of Shakespeare. Yes. Um, Like, the spoken word one comes across as very dark and almost angry. Yes. Versus this song, and even though it's beautiful and melodious, it is sad. Yeah. It's not just the softness of it. You get that this person is not happy in these dusty rooms. And it's not just the words, just listening to it. And as we talked about with Mill, Mill did a great job with pointing out, like, Kevin's songs are things to listen for and to kind of just feel yes and that's what you get with this and and as i just sat there and listened to this song and and ignored the words but just let it pull me in i got it it had a melancholy feel of being Mm -hmm. in that place but as the song went on and as these layers were added in it brought hope and there was a little bit of rising as it went in. So it almost changed after the bridge. And as it entered into the, the butterfly houses, there was a change of feel there. And I, then when we listen to the lyrics, I'll come back to that piece later. But it, it, it matches up very programmatically with all the lyrics that are going on at the same moment.
1: Yes. One of the things I always like to do is just read the lyrics separately, like, usually after I've listened to the song, I like to just read the lyrics without the music playing. And when I did that with this song and I didn't get this with the, with the actual song, I didn't get it with the spoken word, but when I read the lyrics, it felt to me, I thought, I wonder if this is Kevin writing about being in the hospital, Mm. Like, like these dusty rooms, you know, like, and I wonder if that tied into that, that, I hope not that that melancholy <laughs> sadness that you mentioned, like, I wonder if like, it's I mean, you wouldn't listen to the song and hear that that's what it's about. But just looking at the lyrics for something, for some reason, it just made me think, huh, I wonder if that's about him being in the hospital. Like, hi, Jim, how you doing? Like, Jim comes to visit him in the hospital it's oh, interesting. He's, he's watching uh, reruns on TV, and Mr. T, hap- you know, the 18 happens to be on. I don't know. That's just my offshoot. I don't know that it's based in reality or not. It could probably not be, but it just—that's kind of what. <laughs> that's I, interesting, though. Yeah, that's what kind of occurred to me. I don't know.
0: So, I mean, the song Kevin has come out and said that the song is about, and I couldn't find the specific interview, but I've, but one, but Mill when I was talking. Uh, to them earlier this week told me that that they had actually seen a another interview somewhere online and and they weren't able to point out the exact interview either we're, so we're both actually still looking for it but that the song is actually about in the past during the the road travel days
1: oh. Um, and yes. then, along with
0: that, things that have happened along the tour. So, like, there was actually a time when he found a real tin with tarantula skin so in it. So,
1: this would actually go along with Who Needs Sleep. This is probably, yeah. This is Kevin's version of a tour song, like, Ed's <laughs> version of Who Needs Sleep is his. Exactly interesting that's interesting and it makes
0: sense you have all these hotel rooms and these dusty places oh. that aren't nice but they're staying there for a reason with some hope but it's never it feels like it's never gonna get better for a while and sleep
1: standing up and don't touch anything
0: yeah and it's you know you get the hotels like with the lights that are flashing and you know and all these little kind of lyrics in there that explain the room like dial nine to dial nine for an outside line, dial eight for a really weird time. Yeah. Um, You got the hotel room with the, when he's turning on the TV to watch, to watch Mr. T you have the window being locked and the bed being wrapped. And it really does. He, it, when you look at the lyrics online, it is a poem.
1: Definitely. Which lends it so well to the spoken word piece.
0: It does. It really does because it 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 is poetic in a lot of ways. All in and of itself. Normally, my problem with with Kevin's stuff is that it's very. It doesn't paint a picture. It's very sparse. It's it's a like I said. Another time, it's the Jackson Pollock of yes. kind of art, of yes. music art, yes. um, which it, it's meant to give you a feeling and an impression by looking at it, but it doesn't give you details. This gives you details, and, and I love it. Yeah, there's no, there's not a lot of story there, but there's a lot of detail. It
1: definitely is a the, to Mill's point when they said Kevin's songs kind of are a one moment in time. Like this is definitely one specific moment in time in the hotel room, whatever. It's very like, boom. It's one dot, and it's the whole story of the one dot. But without giving you too much, but telling you the whole thing, it's interesting. It's
0: really kind of cool that I couldn't find out, like, I'm guessing the house full of butterflies was something that he actually came upon. But I couldn't, like, it's interesting because house full of butterflies or house of butterflies is another term for a tree that's been covered in butterflies during their migration season. So maybe that's kind of what he he was using that term. But the other... Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, which kind of goes along with the music that's in the song, you know, with the... Because at w- one time I was the first time I listened to it and I heard it and I picture, you know, I heard the butterfly and I thought, oh, that's nice. But then I listened to it again, and was hearing about the dust, you know, the tarantula skins and all of this. And I thought, <laughs> oh, God, are these butterflies, you know, in in frames, um, oh. you know, and I, I get yeah. a whole different picture. But I I like the version that you're talking about with the the butterflies on the tree, the house of butterflies. That's nicer
0: now the other thing that's important Kevin likes to use a lot of metaphor Yep. butterflies are the symbol for personal growth spiritual rebirth and transformation and it's interesting because the spot in the song where he mentions the butterfly is the spot in the song where the whole thing changes Mm. it becomes happier it's the part in the song where they leave the hotel room following this it sounds almost like they're on their way up and out. We're making it out alive. It sounds this is like, this is when they finally made, I get the feeling this is the spot in the, in their career where they finally made it. We're making it out alive. It's checkout time. It's time to say goodbye to these dusty rooms. I get the feeling that they're done with the dusty rooms. They've made it in their career. And this is in that, that butterfly comes just before that transformation. Right. And so it's, I don't doubt that Kevin did that on purpose.
1: I think everything he does is definitely, it's not an accident. It's very specific. Yeah. For sure. And I wonder, and I wonder about the French lyrics too, the "Allons-y, mes amis, mm. um, which I love because when I was a kid and my dad still actually says this, if we're going somewhere and he's trying to wrangle up my brother and sister and I, he'll be like, Allons-y, a la musique, like, come on, (laughs) let's go, we've got to go, it's time to go. And so hearing that always, like, whenever I hear that phrase, which is not often, I'm always sort of like, oh, time to go. Um, So it's interesting when you say that they've made it because it's in French, and not that all of Canada speaks French, but it's sort of like, they're leaving the French, they're moving on to bigger a bigger scene from Canada to to the rest of the world.
0: Right. And as far as I know, he came from that Toronto area, but maybe his family migrated down from the, from the Quebecois area. And, and therefore like that was something that his family used to say or did. Right. And hearing Patrick Hearn, when he does it, I could hear him speaking French. There is some kind of accent there that doesn't sound Quite the same, um, so it's possible.
1: Yeah, but it just cracked me up to hear it. It was like, oh, the minute he said it, I was like, oh, I like, I sat right up in my seat, ready to go. <laughs> it's ingrained.
0: What brought me to find the spoken word version of this is at the very end. This ends like no other bare naked ladies tune ever. With the spoken word of that last line being said again by Patrick Hearn and the yes. piano is just tinkling in the background. It is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know what inspired him to do it, but I love it.
1: It's so it's good.
0: Just different. It wouldn't work with other songs. It works with this song.
1: Yes. And knowing that the to me, and usually I'm more of a purist and you know, I want the song that I want, but this I feel like. You need the song as well as the spoken word piece to really appreciate the song. Like, I feel yeah. like it's that whole polarity thing, the the two sides of the coin. You need both to really get the impact of the song. I agree. Yeah.
0: I almost wish they had done another, like the flip side of the album, so to speak, had been the, the spoken words
1: mm. of these oh, songs. Oh, that would be awesome. Could you imagine? That would be... Because they have
0: it on their website, but they don't... I've never seen it anywhere else before.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Well, why don't we do some ratings on this then? Absolutely. So for ratings, Mr. T is in the song. So we're going to go for Gold Chains. It doesn't really have a lot to do with everything else, but it's just... If you reference Mr. T in a song, you're going to reference Mr. T. And we're going to stick with Mr. T throughout. So yeah, the rating is going to be... How many gold chains do we give this song? I started in in my notes. I I don't know if you can see my paper, but it starts at a 3.5 and then it goes up to 3.75 and it ends at a four. So I just kept enjoying it more and more. So I was surprised, but I'm giving this song four gold chains. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And how many gold chains do you give this song, Tracy?
0: So, like you, I, I started out lower. I started out with a 2.5. I thought this yep. is a, an okay song. It wasn't going to be anywhere near like a great song for me. And prior to this podcast, I had never had it on my playlist. That will change though, because mm. each time it actually steadily went higher. And I'm giving this 3.75 gold chains.
1: Sweet. So, we'll have to wait for Aaron. Is he going to give us his score? Yes
0: at one point or another we'll make him
1: okay so <laughs> as it stands it's a three point eight eight which you know if it was up to you and I it's tied with celebrity
0: that's pretty far up there but I, I it makes sense it's a different song than celebrity but it, it makes sense
1: it's that same caliber though to, yes. in my view we'll see and, and maybe it was Mill
0: Mill did something there, but like, I heard this song differently than I had expected to.
1: Yeah, I have to say, Mill worked some, I think Mill opened our, our minds a little bit and our eyes and our ears, because I definitely have more of an appreciation for Kevin, or I feel like we were given the tools to know how to listen to Kevin's songs to to get it. Him... Yes,
0: I can see that.
1: Appreciate the moment that Kevin is describing rather than, oh, this isn't what Stephen Page would write, which is how I basically listen to everything that Stephen Page isn't in. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like I've gotten a better appreciation for Kevin.
0: Well, and Stephen Page, listening to Stephen Page music, it's very much it's heady you're listening mm. for the lyrics it, it is pop and it is rock but it, it you're listening for the lyrics and for the the funny for the the puns and for the juxtaposition between the happy and the sad yes and and that play on stuff the same thing with ed like you're listening to, for a lot of the play on words the funny the the satirical indeed that's not where kevin comes from and listening to it with a different ear i can appreciate it differently it is absolutely Kevin even writes with a, I mean, sorry, Jim even writes with a very different <laughs> take in that he's, he still plays with words and he's more jazz. I was going to say Jim um, is and, very and,
1: avant-garde in my, in my yes taste. You know what I mean? He's, he's got yeah. his own thing, but you know, it's Jim, but his play on words definitely fits the BNL, um, ed and steve kind of thing whereas kevin kevin does his own thing
0: yes kevin is going for the moment and the feel and to and, and it makes sense with the way that he plays keyboards yes. on the other songs he is there to put you in that emotional moment and into that yeah. mood and that's where his music does that if you listen to it for that reason i think that i get a different um a different take Big on time. him now
1: thank you mel <laughs>
0: So with that being said, um, my appearance for this week is going to be very brief. Um, it's the it's the spoken word version of this. Um, please, everyone, go out and listen to this. Oh,
1: must listen to it. I just blew out the speakers on my end. Um, <laughs> sorry, folks, but you have to. I insist. Michelle. Put down what you're doing. M- Michelle. Right now. Yes.
0: I think your speakers right now yes? would say, take it easy. <laughs> 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 Sorry, you just no. set me up for that one. And I just boom right out of the park. That was easy. <laughs> I
1: did, I did. But seriously, folks, listen to the spoken word version of the song because you must. It's a work of art.
0: It is. It is very. It, I I have to say it this way, but I also know that people are going to take it negatively. It is the. Uh, the poetry that you go to the clubs and the clicking and the snapping. Oh,
1: yes. But that
0: makes it sound like it's a bad thing, but that's what this is, is it's a very different type of art and it takes it in a different direction and makes you appreciate it in a completely different way.
1: Exactly. I can't wait to hear what Aaron has to say about the spoken word version because I think he will totally dig it.
0: Oh, I think so. I'd be very surprised if he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to let you guys go and take it easy. And hopefully, come back next week to listen to us talk about easy.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much.
1: Thank you, everyone.
2: I spend too much time in these dirty, dusty rooms.